When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to Buckeye Talk. Doug Maurice, Bill Landis. It's the NCAA Tournament Edition. This is a basketball Buckeye Talk. We're going to break down everything about Ohio State as a number five seed in the NCAA Tournament. It was announced Sunday night. Landis and I are here at uh, The Shot. Um, they had a little gathering with fans here where Chris Holtman and Jay Sean Tate talked to the crowd. So uh, we've just written some stories. We'll have a bunch more stories coming Wednesday, um, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, leading up till the roughly 4 p.m. Eastern time tip in Boise, Idaho on Thursday. And we are excited to know that Bill Landis will be there um, sharing a house with other Ohio State beat writers. and maybe- Sharing a hotel room. Oh, it is a hotel room. It's a it's a residence inn, so it's like a it's like a house within a hotel. Oh, I thought you guys had like a house. I had like a, no, it's a residence. It's inn. It's a residence inn with yeah. two other two separate bedrooms. Mm-hmm. Are there individual beds in each of the bedroom? Like, are there yeah. four total beds for four grown men? I think there are three beds and a couch. You're not getting a couch. You're not a couch. No, player, it's one of the th- one of the things that's good about being as large as I am. It's just like understood that I don't sleep on the couch. Yeah, yeah. Although I like sleeping on couches. I like sleeping on a couch. I don't like sleeping on a pullout bed from a yes. couch. Yeah. If you I would rather given a pullout bed in a couch, I just keep it as a couch. Yeah. But then sometimes your legs hang off the end. Yes. But that's better than a bar on your back. True. This is couch talk. All right. Landis, we have a couple questions from people. Um, but I think the overall vibe that, that everybody is always curious about at times like this is, like, is that a good draw? Is it a good draw for the Buckeyes? They wound up as the number 20 overall seed, which is which means they are the lowest five seed. Bill, in his projection, you had projected them as the number 21 seed, which would have made them the top six seed. Um, but the fact that they are a five seed, when you are a five seed, you typically get a conference champ, a mid-major conference champ, um, and that's what South Dakota State is. South Dakota State was the regular season Summit League champ. They were the postseason Summit League champ. It's only an eight-team league. It's kind of a league that's been torn apart a little bit. It's kind of a weird league. It's basically a Dakota league, and then Fort Wayne's in it. I'm assuming, oh, that's, I didn't know that. I'm assuming that's Fort Wayne, Indiana, unless there's like a yeah, Fort Wayne, Wyoming. But I don't know. So, so Fort Wayne is in a league with like South Dakota, South Dakota State, and other Dakotas. Um, the draw, good draw, bad draw. I think pretty good. I, we all know how problematic five twelve matchups can be. I think as far as that goes, this is pretty good for Ohio State. There's nothing about South Dakota State that jumps out to me and says like, oh boy, I don't know how Ohio State's going to contend with that. Like Mike Daum, and we'll talk about him a little bit. I don't know if it's Daum or Dom. We'll figure that out when we get to Boise. Um, is like a big 6'9", 250-pound forward um, who shoots a ton of threes and shoots them well. And that's that's tough to defend when a guy that big can shoot like that. Uh, but I, even him aside, I don't know how much more South Dakota State has that would concern me if I'm Ohio State. It's not to say Ohio State's going to go out one by 50 because I don't think that's going to happen either. I think it's going to be a good game. But um, it was fair in my mind to be worried about any potential 12 seed they could be playing. Um, and I think like if they were playing Buffalo – I'd feel a little worse about that. I think if they were playing Davidson, I'd feel a little worse about that. Um, but South Dakota State, I think, ends up being a pretty good matchup for Ohio State. Uh, I think you have trained people, Landis, and I'm looking for the question. I think you have trained people to worry about big guards. I saw someone someone had asked, 
I apologize, I can't find it because it wasn't in the responses to my tweet to send questions. Someone asked, someone said, like, all I care about is how their guard's big. And then our boy G. Nilly says, how good are San Diego, I'm going to call him San Diego State all the time. How good are South Dakota State's guards? Do they fit into the description of a team that will give Ohio State trouble, or is this a good first-round matchup? Um, big guards, big guards, big guards, big guards, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they they started their starters. It seems like are like two six two guys and like two six six guys, and then Mike Down, who's like who's six nine two fifty. Um, so they're not. They have like swing guys who seem like they handle the ball some. But but I don't I don't know it doesn't it doesn't seem like uh oh I mean they're playing they're playing some six two guys so I the don't point guard's five ten the point guard's five ten and I think they start another guy who's six two so there are some people who like have a G in front of their position who are six seven but but when you know how it is it's like your your team starts four guys who have a G in front of their name it doesn't mean they're all G's right. so so I don't think the main issue is is when Ohio State has C.J. Jackson and Andrew Dockich and Cam Williams on the court, are they going to have trouble guarding their guards? And at first blush, it, it doesn't necessarily seem like that will be the case here. No, I don't think so. And I think the, the flip of that is just as important because I think there have been times this year where you've seen both C.J. Jackson and Andrew Dockich get really pressured. Like the teams really extend the defense, and neither one of those guys has the kind of handle where they can beat somebody one-on-one, it's, especially Dockich. And it's very rare that you'd ever see C.J. do that. He's done it a couple times this year, but it's not his strong point. Um, and I don't know, like Brandon Key is the, the five foot ten point guard for South Dakota State. For all I know, he could be a great defender, um, but he's not, he's not long and he's not tall, which is something that bothers C.J. Jackson because C.J. Jackson's only six foot one. Um, and he's, and he's that, and he's a little slate in terms of weight too. Um, so he can get pushed around a little bit. And this does not seem to me like a team that's going to push around Ohio State's guards. The guard who seems like the most trouble for South Dakota State is David Jenkins Jr. He's a 6'2, 190 pound freshman. He's their second leading scorer. He scores 16 points a game. Um, he had 24 in one of the, in a Summit League semifinal. He shoots threes. Um, they have a lot of guys who shoot threes. Uh, Dom set the the school record for three pointers in a season this year. He has ninety one. I think they have three guys who have at least sixty two three pointers this year, um, and and nobody for Ohio State has more than sixty. They are in the top forty in the nation in terms of relying on three pointers for scoring. So when you hear a team land is that shoots a lot of threes, and again, it's hard. You can spin. I know there are some basic principles that people apply to the tournament sometimes, the type of teams that win. You hear guard play a lot, good guard play a lot. Um, and I think it's hard sometimes when you have a team that shoots threes, it's like, well, if they're a good three-point shooting team and they're hot and they have one of those games where they're hot, then sometimes it's like there's nothing you can do. It's like, okay, we have a bunch of guys who can shoot threes, and you can't ever completely shut people down from shooting threes. And so if they start making threes when you have a hand in their face, then you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, sometimes I think I'd rather play a three-point shooting team. And it's like, listen, if they're not going to get to the rim, if they're not going to draw fouls as much, if they're not going to penetrate, if they're not going to create offense other ways, and they're just going to stand at the three-point line and bomb away, then that doesn't scare me that much. When you hear South Dakota State is a team that relies on the three, which way do you lean? Knowing this Ohio State team and how they play defense. Ohio State's three-point percentage defense is average. It's it's number 149 in the country. Um, it was exactly the same in the, on the season overall as it was in conference play. In conference play, that number was actually good for fourth in the league. Um, but there aren't a ton of prolific three-point shooting teams in the Big Ten anyway. Um I think even with that said, I, I still shade to the second point about I, I don't really trust any team that's so reliant on on the three point shot and, and like a tournament setting. Certainly in a one game situation, if they get hot, they can win, like you said. Um, but I'd be more concerned with a team that has a has a more balanced scoring attack than it seems like South Dakota State has. Ohio State's strong point has been its interior defense all season, and it's, it's by a long shot. Its perimeter defense is just not as strong because they don't have guys suited for that. Um, but I do think, like with Keita Bates Diop and, and Jay Sean Tate, they have two really long defenders who I think can defend on the perimeter. Andrew Dockich is probably a better perimeter defender than he gets credit for. Um, so I feel pretty good if I'm Ohio State about a team coming in who you know is just going to jack a lot of threes. Um, 
this is always one of those, you, you go through with teams like this and you try to find out what they did before they got to their conference schedule. Again, this is only an eight-team league, the Summit League, the way it is now. They went 13-1 and one in the Summit. They were 12-5 and five, uh, in non-conference play. The five losses in non-conference play, they got blown out by Kansas, which is, I mean, that's mm-hmm. no shock. They lost to Wyoming. They lost to Missouri State. They lost to Wichita State by 10. Again, that's no shock. Wichita State's really good. They lost to Colorado. Their best win is they were in a tournament um, in the Grand Caymans, and they beat Buffalo there, Buffalo the MAC champ that's in the tournament. And they also beat Iowa this year. And Ohio State beat Iowa twice. So that that's some gauge um, of, of what – of what kind of team they are, but on the list of how dangerous a 12 seed can be, I just don't feel like they seem that dangerous. Now, this is, you can shove these words back down our throats Mm -hmm. um, later on, but again, Ohio State is the second biggest favorite among the four five seeds. Kentucky is a five seed, for instance. It is a much smaller favorite against Davidson. West Virginia is a five seed. I think they're a bigger favorite against Murray State. And then Clemson? Clemson's a five seed. They're a smaller favorite than Ohio State is. So there are teams, there are mid-majors that you could put out there that you'd be shaking in your boots. I don't know, Bill, you said that you had sort of a little bit been scouting out. Sounds like what Chris Holtman said. They had been scouting out who some potential opponents could be. Were there some mid-majors that you were projecting maybe could have been an 11 or 12 seed that Ohio State could have played that would have scared you more than than South Dakota State maybe should scare Ohio State? Yeah, I'm trying to think if there was one in particular. I think it, I think it might have been Rhode Island. There was a time where Ohio State was projected as a five playing a 12 seed Rhode Island. Um, where's Rhode Island and Ken Palm? They're pretty high up there, aren't they? Rhode Island out of the A10. Yeah, they lost. The they lost conference. the Atlantic Ten Conference Championship to to Dayton. Um, so that was a team that there was a potential matchup for them. Um, I think Nevada ended up being a seven seed, but there was a time where it looked like Ohio State could potentially see Nevada in in the NCAA tournament. Um, Loyola Chicago was. I think if Ohio State ended up being a three or a six playing an eleven, Loyola Chicago is like the, the, they made the mm. tournament for the first time. I don't know, like thirty years or something like that. Um, that team would scare me a little bit, um, and then South, like just looking at all the like South Dakota State was the one that I that I saw and thought to myself that this this team does not have the markers of a team that would prove difficult for Ohio State. Can I read something? Yeah, it, this is going to sound like I just think this is interesting. Am I allowed to just think this is interesting without it being uh, something derogatory against? South Dakota State, am I allowed to just think it's interesting? Is that okay with you, Landis? Sure. The 26th annual Lamb Bonanza will be held January 13th, 2018 at Frost Arena on the campus of South Dakota State University. The event showcases the South Dakota lamb and wool industry and is held in conjunction with an afternoon of SDSU basketball, said Jeff Held, professor and SDSU extension sheep specialist. The game tip-off is at 2 p.m. Members of the South Dakota Sheep Growers Association will serve leg of lamb sandwiches and lamb meatballs from 1 to 2 p.m. on the north side of the track in Frost Arena prior to the Jackrabbit men's basketball game versus Denver. During halftime, basketball fans will have an opportunity to participate in a lamb pelt auction to benefit SDSU students. This year, there are six dyed lamb pelts in yellow and blue featuring the text SDSU. Auction proceeds provide scholarships to undergraduates enrolled in the SDSU Department of Animal Science and the SDSU Athletic Department. The promotional activities are sponsored by the South Dakota Sheep Growers Association, the SDSU Animal Science Department, and the SDSU Athletic Department. And on that day, if you were wondering... South Dakota State beat Denver 94-72, and the reason I looked that up is because on the schedule it is listed as January 13th, 2018, Denver-Lamb Bonanza. <laughs> what do you think a lamb pelt goes for on the open market when you're not giving it away to fans at a basketball game? Are you doing like a five thoughts about South Dakota State and something this week? Maybe. I would read what a lamb pelt goes for. 
That's interesting to me. Here's another interesting thing that I didn't know and that our friend Bo Bishop, uh, who is from Montana, the great state of Montana, um, uh, mentioned that he said, the West is big. And I thought, man, South Dakota, Boise, man, they're right down the road. It's 1,300 miles. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's farther, further, farther <laughs> from Brookings, South Dakota, which is where the campus of South Dakota State is located. It is farther from, or as far, I think, from like South Dakota State to Boise as it is from like Columbus to Miami. Wow, I would not have guessed that. Because I know how far it is to Disney World, which is in Orlando, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, I have that in my head. It's yeah. like a thousand miles. How many steps is it? Yeah. So, so that's how far it is. Now, we also have information. Uh, we're attempting, hope, we, we're attempting to maybe reach out to this person. We, we had a follower on Twitter who is a Browns fan who said as he, he's a South Dakota State alum. Uh, and he said South Dakota State people are going to drive the 1300 miles to Boise to support the jackrabbits uh in this game um so it's two it's it's 2000 miles basically from columbus to boise it's 1300 from south dakota state's campus to boise so um hmm. i don't think many ohio state people will make that drive but maybe a bunch of south dakota state people will it's expensive to fly from columbus to boise so unless there were some forward thinking ohio state fans who purchased early tickets knowing this would happen I don't do not expect a large Ohio State contingent. In fact, I expect it to feel like a South Dakota State home game and then a Gonzaga home game if Ohio State were to advance that far. When we were doing a, a Buckeye Talk podcast a month ago, maybe six weeks ago, um, they were at the height of their season. They were rolling. Everybody was excited, and I began the podcast by saying, and they will finish the season as a four-seed in Boise, losing in the first round of the NCAA tournament. And everybody thought that I was a downer. Well, we were wrong because they're a five-seed. They're a five-seed. <laughs> um, but they, they definitely um, have less of a chance to lose, I think, than I would have. I was prepared for this bracket to come out and be like, yeah, they're not. They're not going to win. Yeah, and and I do think I'm now making we we have a couple of questions we'll get to, but I want to ask this question because again we had theorized about this. We had both predicted them to be a six seed if they had been a six seed. And again, oop, we might have a we might be able to get the guy San Diego or San Diego. No, I'm going to do that. Yeah, Um, we might be we might be able to get this guy. We might have a special guest coming up a little bit, but we'll keep talking until we get him. if they had been a six seed, and we'll get to more of your questions. If they had been a six seed, here are the elevens. Who's Lil? Oh, that's uh, Loyola Chicago. Okay, they would have. So Loyola Chicago, that's one of the elevens. Another eleven is San Diego State. Mm-hmm. Kawhi Leonard plays for them. Not anymore. Oh, sorry. Uh, another eleven is a play-in game between Arizona State and Syracuse. Two teams you should not have been in. And another is the uh, other eleven is a playing game between UCLA and St Bonaventure. Um, those elevens are those eleven scarier? Are any of those elevens significantly scarier than South Dakota State in your mind? I think they all are. Yeah, maybe I don't. I don't know a ton about uh, San Diego State, but I'll just assume they are. But the other team, you're talking about high major programs, and then a Loyola Chicago team that's like an upstart and will be really geared up to win its first tournament. Winning a tournament game in its first appearance, I think it's like since like 1984 or something like that. Yeah, so I think, again, if you're asking like, how's the draw, how's the draw, it could have been worse. Like, they're, they're that close to being, and it's not even that they, they didn't play themselves into a five seed necessarily. Like, like they didn't do much down the stretch to really impress anybody. But I think there didn't, there were a couple of the things that, that probably broke their way where teams that could have passed them with better runs and conference tournaments in this last week while Ohio State was off, um, maybe didn't get it done. For instance, we don't know what it would have been. The Houston Cincinnati championship game, what, what conference is that? The American Athletic Conference. The American Athletic Conference. Um, that, Houston lost that game. Could have gone either way. Lost right at the end by point. If Houston had won that game, I don't know. I mean, I don't know that they would have changed the bracket that late. Well, it's interesting because Houston ends up with a second-round matchup against Michigan, which Ohio, if you would have just said, well, that's Ohio State 60, that couldn't have been the case because right. Ohio State can't play Michigan in the second round um, because of seeding rules. So it, would have, it wouldn't have just been a straight swap. I think it would have, not significantly, but more than just a one-step change if, if they were to do that. Yeah. Um, all right, we're going to get back. 
to your questions in a bit, but believe it or not, we have an expert on the jackrabbits coming up next on Buckeye Talk. Hold on. Believe it or not, here we are with our South Dakota State basketball expert. He is our friend. He is Dr. Dog Pound on Twitter. But in real life, he's Sean Vanderloo of Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And when we were tweeting about Ohio State playing South Dakota State in the NCAA tournament, uh, Sean, who is a Browns and Indians fan because his dad grew up in Akron, tweeted at us and had some South Dakota State knowledge because he graduated from South Dakota State in 2000. And we said, man, if we have an actual person with knowledge and expertise, we could use a little more of that on Buckeye Talk. So, Sean Vanderloo, thanks for joining us, man. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. Should be a good matchup. Sean, here's the first question. It's 1,300 miles from the campus of South Dakota State to Boise, Idaho. Do you believe that there will be many South Dakotans driving to this NCAA tournament game in Boise? Oh, yes, uh, for sure. I, I think I, I know a few of them that already are on the road today, tonight, Ooh. actually. Um, I, I estimate probably about 8,000 um, Jackrabbit fans, uh, just because there's a lot of the people that live there are retired or they're farmers or, you know, they just really don't have a whole lot going on. So... This is their life. This is their livelihood. So they'll be out there, you know, uh, cheering on the jackrabbits for sure. You know what I just got worried about, Landis, for real? What? You're not catfishing us, right, Sean? Like, you're not claiming no. to be from no. South Dakota and just... No, not at all. Okay, okay. So tell us, what is, what's the state flower of South Dakota? Uh, I believe it's a sunflower, but I'm not positive. Okay, that sounds right. I'll buy it. That sounds okay. right. Um... How big of a deal is South Dakota State basketball in the state? How would you describe the following they have among sports fans? Oh, it's, it's huge. Uh, Sioux Falls is about uh, maybe 250,000 in the metro area. And most of the uh, alumni come here for jobs. You know, they, they, So we have uh, quite a few, a huge following. And, and it's kind of neat because we don't really get a lot of Division I schools come, coming to Brookings, South Dakota. Uh, so we had a couple of them this year. Um, so people just rally around the team, uh, and they, it's basically a, you know, it's, it's an event. It's not just a basketball game, you know, so they, uh, they cheer them on and they get to know the players and the coaches and it's just a big happy family. Sean, I know you're, you're familiar obviously with, with Ohio sports being a Cleveland sports fan. Are you an Ohio state fan at all? And have you followed the, the Buckeyes uh, basketball season this year? Not really. I know, uh. I listen to uh, a few sports uh, casts in the morning from Cleveland, um, and I hear a little bit what they say. But I haven't had watched a whole lot of games, so I don't really know who their best players are or you know who their where their talents at. So I can tell you the South Dakota State's talent, you know sure. where they're at, you know who their best players are and what they do well. Well, give us a scouting report because we don't, yeah, we, um, don't, we don't know many South Dakota State experts. You're the only one, actually. Yeah, well. <laughs> Mike Dom, he's, uh, he averages about 24, 25 points a game. Uh, he'll score 30, 35, you know, depending on who we're playing. Uh, he's a six foot nine, 240-pounder, but he can hit the three. He's like 43% from the three-point line. And uh, so he's a big guy, but he can also hit the three. So he's hard to defend. How, how, physical, um, guess, how physical is he? This is the guy they call – do they oh, really that. call him the dominator? Is that a real nickname? Yeah. Yeah, he's strong. Yeah, he's he's from like uh, Kimball, Nebraska, which is like a just a farming okay. community. He's just a big farm boy. <laughs> but yeah, he's uh he's 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 athletic too. So does he take it inside, or how much does he sort of spend his time shooting three pointers and playing on the outside? Uh it's fifty fifty. I mean, they'll set double screens for him so he's open for threes. You know, just because he's a good shooter. So then the coaches don't know what to do. You know, do you put two on and down on, um, in the box, you know, or, or do you guard him out on the three-point line? You know, so it's hard to guard him. I have a question about him that might sound completely ignorant to someone who, who is yeah. a fan of South Dakota State, but is he, is Mike Daum the best South Dakota State basketball player ever? Uh, no, we had a guy named Nate Walters who actually played for the Bucks 
Oh, yeah, I heard of Bucks. Uh, he was a point guard. He was really good. He was just fundamentally sound and could hit the three. But uh, Mike Dom's for sure a close second. I mean, he I, he's scouted to be an NBA player. We'll see. But Okay. So I know this is this is the fifth NCAA tournament appearance for South Dakota State, the third consecutive NCAA appearance. South Dakota State has not yet won an NCAA tournament game. I know last year they were a 16 seed. How good is this South Dakota State team compared to the other South Dakota State teams that made the NCAA tournament? Is it possible that that like this is maybe South Dakota State's best chance at a tournament win, or have some other teams been better? No, I think this one is the best. Uh, the reason we have the highest seeding, we have a 12 seed this year. Uh, the last few times it was either 16, 14, or 13. But there's another guy that's this Jenkins uh, Jr. And he's actually recruited him out of Washington State. And he's an absolute stud. He's a point guard. And that, no one has can guard this guy. So, I mean, uh, so, I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a double threat. That's, and we don't really have, we didn't have a double threat before. We had that one really good point guard and one maybe good, you know, maybe an average, couple average forwards. Now we got two guys that are potential NBA players. Okay. And so I mean, that's the reason we're, we've done so well this year, too. And we, We've only had one blowout the whole year, and that was against Kansas. Okay. Otherwise, we've been in every game. Uh, Ohio State has a freshman 270-pound center in Caleb Wesson, who's 6'9". He's not a giant guy, but he's a, a right. big-body physical guy. Does does Dom guard the centers, or or what do what does South Dakota State do when the opponent has a big guy? That, well, we do, we do have a guy that comes off the bench, and he kind of – the coach kind of uses him as a foul, you know, to go and follow the big guys. And uh, well, I can't remember his name right now off the top of my head, but uh, he's six foot nine. He's just not as athletic as as Dom. Okay. But he'll come off the bench and he'll kind of maybe carry the load, you know, just maybe follow some guys here and there. I guess. Is but, it Ian Thiessen? Yes. Yeah, Thiessen. Yep, that's him. So he just doesn't play a whole lot unless Mike gets in trouble, you know, okay. foul trouble. Okay. How, what 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 is your uh, view? I guess on on how how deep this team is. Like beyond Daum and, and beyond Jenkins, are are there guys that Ohio State should worry about, or is this a situation where it's two guys really making the thing go? There's a, another point guard, Key. Last name is Key. He doesn't start, but uh, he comes off the bench and he uh, he's super fast. He's up tempo, so uh, somebody has to athletic has to guard him. Okay. Okay. Um, are you are you going to the game? No, I'm not. I'm I got a I, I'm not going, but uh, I'm just I have family and kids. I just okay. I used to when I was younger, but yeah, no. back in the day, we know how that is, man. Yep. yep. Um, we were reading about the lamb bonanza when they have the the stuff where um, it seems like it's like they have the wool stuff and they have lamb to eat at a game. It sounds like they do that every year. Is that like a cool thing? That sounds like a cool thing if you can go to a basketball game and get like a leg yeah. of lamb. Yeah, that's no, that's up in you know that it's called Frost Arena. That's where they play, and yeah, there's some people who come in and they'll just cook some lamb and uh, feed it to the crowd. Basically, that sounds good. We should adopt yeah. that in Columbus. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's pretty, it's pretty uh, tender meat. So. Yeah. So, so what is the vibe right now? I don't know, like on the local news tonight, or um, do are, are people thinking that South Dakota State can beat Ohio State? Are people fired up for this matchup, or what's the vibe right now? Yeah, I mean, they they did okay. So we have a local ten o'clock news station, and every commercial break, uh, they're talking about SDSU, you know, this your South Dakota State, this South Dakota State, that. And the vibe is that Ohio State is beatable, you know, and yeah, they're pretty confident. I mean, so it's, it is definitely, it's all over. It, and I'm in Sioux Falls, so I'm in the little metro area just south of Brookings, South Dakota, which is like 250,000 people. So this is kind of our, our largest city in the state. Okay. <clears throat> so do you have any more questions for him, Landis? No, I, do you want to tell him he was wrong with yeah. the flower? So, so Sean, just so you know, oh. the, the state flower of South Dakota is the Pasque flower, also known as the May Day flower. 
Oh. Does that sound familiar? It's purple. Yeah, 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 there's a lot of purple. They, they look like wildflowers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. sure, sure. Now you know all about it. I'll, yeah. <laughs> I, I, well, I don't know the state flower. I mean, that, yeah, they even, yeah. Landis, yeah, do you know the state them. flower of Philadelphia? Uh, yeah. The cheesesteak. Yeah. Um, so listen, we believe you, Sean, because you we did call a South Dakota area code. We did double-check the area code because we're professional yeah. journalists. And we, yeah. we see the 605 on there. So um, yep. we know you're legit. So um, uh, before we let you go, uh, what, what did you think of the trades the Browns made uh, a couple days ago? And who do you want the Browns to draft at quarterback? Uh, no, I, I'm, I'm 100% behind uh, Dorsey for sure. Uh, obviously, I, was, I love the Jarvis Landry trade that came across about 3 or 4 in the afternoon. And then all of a sudden, on Twitter, just blew up after that, after we got Tyrod Taylor. Uh, no, so I I think those are the two biggest needs we needed on offense, and we took care of that. And then um, the third guy was uh, the cornerback from, uh, you know, uh, Green Bay, from, yeah. uh, from Green Bay. And we needed, obviously, to, you know, I, I love that pick, or that trade, because our cornerbacks are one of the worst in the league, I thought, last year. But no, I think the best of the player that we're going to pick in the draft, the next the quarterback. I mean, I still think Sam Donald is number one on my list, and I do think we're going to get that Darius Geis from LSU. Ooh. Mm. I'll take and that. like thirty thirty third, I think I'm thinking we'll pick if we. I might even move up for him if uh, Dorsey thinks another team's going to grab him. Okay, I was waiting for you to say Josh Allen, but no Josh Allen for you. No. Okay. Good. I just no. No Josh Allen for me either. Um, Sean Vanderloo, you are our official South Dakota State correspondent. Final question. I know it's jackrabbits. Do people call them the jacks or the rabbits? We actually call them both. Okay. Uh, it depends on who, you talk, who you're talking to. You know, uh, jacks or rabbits. So we'll, we'll call them either one. Hmm. What do you call them? I call them the jacks. The jacks. Rabbits just sound kind of puny and, yeah. you know. Jax is <laughs> yeah, we're going to call them the Jacks, too. Yeah. All right. Buckeyes versus Jacks. Yeah. Sean Vanderloo, thanks for the time, man. We appreciate you reaching out on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate it. Call me. All right. We'll uh, keep following along, and um, um, thanks for your help, and uh, good luck to the Jacks, man. Yeah. We'll be glad to talk after the game. Very cool, Sean. Thanks for your help. Okay. Goodbye. All right. See you. So it's always a little like concerning to me when we inject too many facts into Buckeye talk. Mm -hmm. That was like an actual breakdown. I learned a lot. I learned a lot, and now I feel less secure in my thinking than, you know, Ohio State's <laughs> going to win, no problem. Because here's the thing. If, if, if they have basically the second-best player in the history of the program, and this Jenkins kid, if, if he came from Washington State, and he's a freshman, and he's averaging 16 points a game as their second-leading scorer, and he's a threat... Um, that's an interesting one-two punch. And I think we, we had done a video earlier um, where you had said you're not really worried about a team that just has one guy, right? Yeah, yeah. But maybe they don't just have one guy. No, it's possible they don't. But the other thing about it, too, is like, and I don't, this isn't, I'm not, this isn't to me taking a shot at the Summit League because, like, why would I ever do that? Um, but Sean said that no, people have a hard time guarding Jenkins and have a hard time guarding Key. Like, Summit League players have a hard time guarding yeah. Jenkins and a hard time guarding Key. So, like, while I, I'm not trying to dispute the fact that they're good, I'm sure they are, it's, we're talking about another level of athleticism. So I'm not, like, I'm not nearly at the point where I'm like, oh, change my pick because of what Sean said. I, I'm thankful for his insight because I did feel like I learned a little more. But it doesn't change my, my overall point that I still think this is a very good matchup for Ohio State. Let's talk a little bit more about the Buckeyes. Um, we'll still get to a couple of the other questions that you guys uh, sent our way. I asked Chris Holtman about this. Uh, Ohio State has has wins over a two seed in the NCAA tournament in Purdue, over two three seeds in Michigan and Michigan State. Um, they have played at a high level. They also have some blowout losses, but they they've played well against very good teams. But are they playing that well now? And, and Chris Holtman. Um, sort of ended up telling a story about how he saw something that someone said they don't have a quality win in a month, and he's saying, listen, we, we want to add Indiana on senior night. That's a quality win to me. Um, they just Their, their schedule in the, the last couple games wasn't 
filled with like ranked teams, and the ranked team they played, they lost to. They lost at Michigan as Michigan was getting it going. And then that Michigan team that beat them went on and won the Big Ten tournament, got on a roll. We've seen Michigan do that before. But but beyond the opponent, just how do you think they're playing right now, Bill? Are they playing? Because if, if you look and you say, well, they beat Purdue, they beat Michigan State, they beat Michigan in December, then it's like, of course, that team, if you can beat those teams, then you can make the Sweet 16. You can make the Elite Eight if you can beat Purdue and Michigan State and Michigan. But are they playing like that team? No, no, they're not. Um, but I, I do think something that, that changes it a little bit is the fact that they haven't played. They haven't played really like a, they haven't played, played one game in almost a month. It's been one game in I think twenty or twenty one days. Ohio State's played. Thanks, Delaney. Yeah, thanks to Jim Delaney. And like people wonder whether or not this long layoff is going to help or hurt the Big Ten. And, and I think it's easy to think it's going to hurt the Big Ten. I think it can help Ohio State. It's like almost almost a reset. Um, we were talking. After they lost to Penn State in the Big Ten tournament, I did a podcast, and, and people were talking about, oh, this team peaked a long time ago. This team peaked a long time ago. And I, I don't disagree with that. Like, clearly, they they have not played any better, I think, than they played against Michigan State here. They beat the number one team in the country by 16 points. They obviously played well enough to win at Purdue. And, like, I don't – that wasn't a fluke. They were better than Purdue that night um, and had a good plan against Purdue um, on top of that. Um so, like, that level of play is there, and under different circumstances, like, say they had just wrapped up the Big Ten tournament two days ago as opposed to two weeks ago, I would have concerns as to whether or not they were in a place physically to get back to the kind of team they were in mid-January when they were beating Michigan State and, like, not and, and beating everybody else in the Big Ten. Um, I think this layoff might help them get back to that. So, um, no, they are not playing at the level they were playing at when they were at their best this year, but I think that there's a, a – Decent, decent would be too strong a word. Uh, a slight chance that they can get some of it back, not all of it. Um, I still don't think they're good enough to beat Gonzaga, but certainly they're good enough to beat South Dakota State. And I'm not like worried about momentum or anything like that because like they didn't really have any momentum to lose. If they were, if I, were, if I was a Michigan fan, I'd be concerned about losing the good momentum Michigan had winning the Big Ten tournament. But Ohio State they didn't have any momentum to lose on this long break, so I think the break works to their benefit. Ohio State won at Purdue when Purdue was the number three team in the country, on February 7th. And they will play uh, on Thursday will be March 15th. So basically that's five weeks removed from the Purdue game. They will have played six games in those five weeks before they play South Dakota State. They are 3-3 three and three in those six games. They beat Iowa. They lost at Penn State. They lost at Michigan. They beat Rutgers, who stinks. They beat Indiana in double overtime on the road, and then they lost to Penn State again. So that's a five-week stretch in which you are 3-3, three and three, and one of your wins is in double overtime, and one of your wins is against Rutgers. So that's partly the schedule. The only ranked team they played in that, in that time was Michigan. Again, that's at Michigan, and that was a Michigan team getting it together. And then those were two of the three losses to Penn State, who we know is just a terrible matchup for them. So, you know, there's a way to look at that. And one of the losses to Penn State was by a point. Right. And, and I mean, there's a way to look at that. I think, and do you agree with this? And we were just reading, somebody had written this tonight. I, I do think that this will be a game that on the outside, that people will look at this game and see Ohio State, which is a big name, but it's a program that struggled. It's a first-year coach. You can, look at, you can look at their schedule and think this team has peaked and has been on a downward trend, and they're going to get upset. I'm looking for my 5-12 upset. This is one of them. Yep. People are going to do that, aren't they? For sure. Yeah, I think I don't. I think you can look like once once the tournament starts. I think you can like look on ESPN or something and see uh, like the, which percentage of people picked what teams to win. And I expect a very favorable percentage for South Dakota State. Uh, question from at Brett Gates: How did Fad miss on Mike Down? A real coach would have had a pipeline to Kimball, Nebraska. That's why he got fired. I mean, that's you get you get Nebraska in the Big Ten footprint. And, and how do you not reel that guy in? You lose that guy to South Dakota State? Come on. Why is he not at Nebraska? Why is he what? Why is he not playing Yeah, anyway, Nebraska? Tim Miles. Yeah. Tim Miles is out here lobbying for his team to get into the tournament when they don't deserve it. Meanwhile, the second best player in the history of South Dakota State left Nebraska to go play there. Uh, Chad M. Sneal 187. I can't ask this one question because it makes me feel too guilty. We're going to have the winner of the, the Football Bowl host a podcast with us at some point. Oh, yeah. 
So it's like I, we, we would try to put together some kind of basketball thing, except the football thing was a cluster because of me. That's all right. So we're not going to do it. Chad M. Oh, he wants to do like a tournament bracket pool. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. We can't. So, do we'll it. do that, and the winner of that can co-host with the winner of the bowl, the bowl pool. And we won't host the bowl. Just like some week in like the middle of July <laughs> when we're all on vacation. I just did an initial impression bracket. I got Ohio State to the final four with wins over South Dakota State, Gonzaga, Xavier, Michigan, then losing to Virginia. At what point did I lose my objectivity? <laughs> step two. Uh, yeah, step I like, two. I like the optimism, though. Yeah, I mean, optimism is good. Um, That'd be a hell of a run. But people are asking about the Gonzaga. A couple other people are asking about that Gonzaga game. Um, Eddie Vulich at Zadea, loyal follower, loyal tweeter. Not so much a question, but an observation. Gonzaga is Ken Palm's number eight overall team, and practically speaking, is playing at home. Mm. How screwed did Ohio State get? Is any other result than doing better than their last loss to Gonzaga a win? So if they lost by 27 to Gonzaga the first time, if they lose by 26 in the tournament, is that is that progress? Um, you're a five seed, man. Like, if you're... If, if you're a top four seed and you wind up with a goofy court thing, then I think you do have room for complaint. And I think if you're like a one or two seed and you wind up with like, man, what, why is we, why are we playing these guys? If you're a five seed, you're just in the pool. You're just tossed in the pool with everybody else. The top 16 teams get a little preference, get a little edge. Um, and then the other 16, 52 teams, you're just in the great unwashed. And so, like, there's, you don't, there's no being screwed in that. But I do think, do you not think, I think, did you say you think Gonzaga might be, is Gonzaga underseeded as a four? Or maybe not even underseeded, but, like, do they have more talent than a four seed? Yeah, Gonzaga is one of those teams, and I feel like you, you see one or two of them every year that has a really high Ken Palm number, but a really low RPI. Um, and Gonzaga, like there was a point in the season where Gonzaga was top ten in Kempom with like forty something in RPI, and they've since improved that RPI, or else they wouldn't be a four seed. Um, but yeah, I think I think that they probably are a bit underseeded. It's certainly not the it's not the team that went to the national championship last year. I think they're a notch below that. Um, but I also I don't think Chris Holtman is totally crazy. I think he's a little crazy to say that Gonzaga is the best team <coughs> they've played all year because I think Michigan State is better. Um, but I would listen to a conversation where you could probably convince me that Gonzaga is better than Purdue, um, and Gonzaga is probably one of the best, one of the top ten teams in the country. They get overlooked a little bit because of where they play and who they play. Um, but, yeah, they, they feel they feel a bit underseated to me. Well, not, not underseated because you get – like their schedule was their schedule, but this seed I think does not match the talent level, if that makes sense. They are 30-4, and four, and we've moved on to this second-round matchup now, the one that we expect. Uh, Gonzaga is the four-seed, plays 13, UNC Greensboro. Um, again, Ken Palm has a 74% chance that Ohio State beats South Dakota State. He has an 83% chance that Gonzaga beats UNC Greensboro. and then if, So it's a pretty decent chance we end up with Gonzaga, Ohio State in round two. Gonzaga is 30-4. and four. Uh, they have won uh, their last 14 consecutive games. They were 17-1 and in conference play. Their only loss was to St. Mary's. Their three non-conference losses were to San Diego State uh, by two points to Villanova, who's the uh, overall number two seed in this tournament, by 16 points, and in double overtime to Florida. Um, but they don't have a lot of other great wins. In the non-conference, as Bill mentioned, which I think is what's holding them back a little bit. They, they're 30-4. and four. They beat who they beat. But their best non-conference wins are, are, U, are Ohio State, Texas, Creighton, Washington. I mean, it's not – I mean, basically, I mean, really, Ohio State's like their best – Ohio State's their best win of the whole year. Mm-hmm. And, and they crushed them. They beat them 86-59. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I just don't know – People are going to say, use it as motivation, right? Oh, we lost by 27. We're going to go get him. I just, this, it's a bad matchup. They're not as good. And Gonzaga does things that they're going to have trouble with again, right? They're really big. They, they start a, essentially, they start two 6'10 guys in their front court. And they just physically dominated Ohio State. And again, Ohio State's a different team than it was then. Um, but he, like, and I think that closes the gap. But I, I just don't know. 
it's not like I'm not giving Ohio State a zero percent chance of beating Gonzaga. We know how crazy stuff happens in the NCAA tournament. Michigan State was a two seed and lost to a 15 seed a couple years ago. It happens. So like I'm not going to be totally blown away if Ohio State beats Gonzaga. But it just you look around the country at teams that are tough matchups and you and you project. But like we don't have to project the Gonzaga. We watch them beat Ohio State by 30. Um, so I just like I don't I don't know how you could possibly feel good about that. Sure, there'll be motivation, but that only gets you so far. I just don't know if Ohio State has the pieces to contend with what Gonzaga has. We do have a couple questions about Gonzaga, but that's the answer for you guys. It's it just, is Gonzaga. I'm going to go back and forth if you're saying Gonzaga and Gonzaga. Oh, uh, yeah. So just fair warning. It's Gen what? What I, is it I for think real? it is Gonzaga. Ah. Uh, ah. Uh, ah. Uh, ah. Uh. Do you say Nevada or Nevada? I say Nevada. Is it Nevada? Is that I right? Know. I don't know. I like ah. Uh, that's, that's schwa, right? Isn't that the upside down E that's that sound? Did you learn about schwa in school and phonics? The schwa? Probably, but... That might have only been my generation. Do people still teach the schwa? Schwa. The unstressed central vowel, as in... What? Represented by the symbol upside down E in the international phonetic alphabet. I've um, never heard that word before. A moment ago. Schwa. I love schwa. Let me look more about schwa. In linguistics, specifically phonetics and phonology, schwa is the mid-central vowel sound in the middle of the vowel chart, denoted by the IPA symbol upside down E. So, yeah, I love the short. It's more of an ah. It's the ah. Instead of an ah or an eh. Ah? <laughs> I'm down a rabbit hole. and A jackrabbit hole. And Landis, you've... Uh, ah? Here's what's happened in this podcast so far. <laughs> ah? Eh. You have read a San Diego, San Diego, South Dakota State University release, release about lamb, yeah. lamb pelts, lamb Correct. meat. Uh, we interviewed just a regular guy. Yeah. He was great because we learned a lot from him. And now you're reading people a Wikipedia page on linguistics. That was my minor in college, actually, was linguistics. Really? Okay, I tell my wife about it. She wants to punch me in the face. <laughs> She'll say something about like what a word's supposed to be. And I'll say, like, you know, language evolves. <laughs> I learned that in my linguistics minor. And she will say, I will murder you. <clears throat> I was a sociology minor because we just sat around and talked about yeah. cool stuff. Really? Did yeah, you talk about cool. feelings? Yeah. Like race relations and like socioeconomic stuff. Yeah, it was really cool. Oh, yeah. You talked about race relations and I talked about schwa. Yeah. Frank Fitz at Forthright Fitz. Not like beating around the bush, Fitz. Forthright Fitz. French fries, baked potatoes, mashed potatoes, and maybe even scallop potatoes. You guys got to discuss your favorite potatoes on the show. Also, what do you know about Gonzaga's guards? Again, you have trained the people about the guards. Is there a guard thing with Gonzaga in particular? You said they're big. Jo Josh Perkins, I think, is there. Like, he torched them when they played. I think he had like uh, Josh Perkins six three one ninety. Yeah, if you, go, if you go up and click on the box score, you can see. I think he had like twenty eight points against them. Really? When they played, yeah. He and then especially yeah, something's going on with Kempom. I think there's so many people looking at it that keeps logging me out and logging me back in. Yeah, I'm on your account. Oh, he had twenty. Josh Perkins was six of nine on three pointers when they played Ohio oh. State. Like, I have no idea how that projects over the course of the season, but he was a real problem for Ohio State when they played last time. Um, they had a lot of guys with sixes at the start of their height. Their smallest guys. Yeah. Josh Perkins is six three. He's like their smallest guy. Yeah, um, no, they're... Which they're, is what you were talking about. They're big everywhere. They're it's not big. They have big guards, they have big everything. They're big across the board, yeah. That's that's position, yeah. The Ohio State does not have the positional length to, to combat Gonzaga. It has good length with Kata and, and decent size with Caleb, and, and Jay Sean is sneaky long for a guy who's 6'4", but it's just not there at the guard position. So I don't want to be like... Uh, also, waffle fries. Culturally insensitive. I mean, we're talking about lamb pelts with South Dakota, but, it, but lambs are important in South Dakota. Mm -hmm. It's just information. And I know it's like cliched about Idaho and potatoes, but like that's probably because potato is, is an important part of Idaho exports. Look that up. But so we can talk. I mean, we can talk about that's, potatoes without be, being. We're we're we've already read enough things. Can you pull up the Idaho Wikipedia page and see uh, where potato factors into its leading export? Not I don't know. It's a state. The states have leading exports. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think people study that. Just control F potato. Oh, control F. I don't know what that does. Or command F. Sorry, command, command F. F. Potato. Potato. The state is best known for its potato crop, which comprises around one third of the nationwide yield. Yeah. So one third of all the potatoes in the whole country come from Idaho. It's also called the gem state. Uh, let's see. Ooh, there looks like there were potato problems. At, well, okay. 
Like Ireland. Idaho is an important agricultural state producing nearly one-third of the potatoes grown in the United States. All three varieties of wheat... Oh, no, we don't care about wheat. Blackfoot is home of the Idaho Potato Museum. Shelley is home of the russet potato. State vegetable, the potato. Yeah. Not that Sean would have known that. <laughs> He's We're just kidding, Dakota. Sean. He's just kidding. Um, so listen, so that's Actually, you know what? If you combine the lamb from South Dakota and the state vegetable of Idaho, you got yourself a good meal. Could you please tweet a lamb and potato meal on yeah, your expense I'll account? Have, I'll have one, yeah. Uh, French fries. So let's list our favorite, our top three favorite potatoes. Like ways they're prepared, like uh, like like russet. Yeah, yeah, not like red potato. Yeah, like like white potato. What other? No, the preparation of the potato. Uh, number one for me is waffle fry. Number one is waffle fry. Okay. Yeah. Um, number two is tater tot. Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and number three is. You know what I've been getting into a lot lately is sweet potato fries. Oh, like, uh, so good. Now, no, but actually probably there's probably a state that produces sweet potatoes that would be like, yo, 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 yo. It's a whole different thing. I think it's Rhode Island. Yeah. yeah. They're going to come after you. <laughs> um, okay, so I won't say sweet potato fries. So uh, waffle fry, tater tot, and, uh, oh, ruffled potato chip. <laughs> <laughs> the ruffled <laughs> potato chip. Wow, that is some low-class potatoes that you're into, i got to say. No offense. I don't like baked potatoes. You don't like – okay, so I was going to say, when you go to a chain steak restaurant, which I love to go to a chain steak restaurant and get the $12.99 sirloin steak with two sides, tremendous. Mm -hmm. I get the baked potato every time. Yeah, I don't. What? So you like you don't like a baked potato? No. I, uh, I find them like very – like especially as a side dish to something – because you can get a monster baked potato. I find it yeah. to be a lot to get through. Interesting. I like a really buttery baked potato. Also, so I'm going to go reverse order. I would say three like fries. Uh, two baked potato. Number one. Also, I love sweet potato fries. But number one is the twice baked potato. Have you had the twice baked potato? That's like mashed potatoes inside a baked potato. Ba oh, is that what that means? I don't know. I don't know what the twice baking process involves, but I just know that it's delicious. I think I have had them before. And they're really good. Yeah, they're very fancy. They're like you there get those are a lot at of weddings really good potato variations. Yeah, because I didn't even get to like mashed potatoes. No, or like uh, what are they like Leonese potatoes? Is that what they're called? They're like little circular slices yeah. that are like covered in cheese, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah, are we talking about potatoes on a basketball podcast? Because they're going to Idaho. Yes, we are doing that. Um, You're gonna learn about other states, man. We didn't. There's not a lot of other um, Andrew Craig. We may as well get on this real quick. AJC fifty underscore Craig. There have been three recent decommitments by 2018 mm. four star point guards. Do you see Ohio State getting any of them? Uh, I feel uh, I'm gonna feel like there there was one who decommitted, and I just can't remember which one it was. And like who was like had had told someone that like Ohio State had been in contact, and I, I'm sorry I can't remember his name. Um, I think you might see Ohio State kick the tires on someone like that. Chris Holtman seems like borderline fundamentally opposed to the idea of having a five-man recruiting class. He has four right now, and we saw Ohio State had five in 2015, and they lost all of them. Now, that's not just a product of having five. It just, I think, goes to the point, which is Holtman's concern, is that it's hard to manage all of that. That's a lot of guys to bring in. Now, he doesn't have a choice next year. He has to bring in a big recruiting class because Ohio State's losing Losing Jay Sean, losing Andrew Dockage, losing Cam Williams, and most likely losing Kade Bates-Diop. So he needs to replenish the roster but also add some talent to it. So he had to take a big recruiting class. Um, I would be surprised if in the end he adds a fifth high school player to the mix. I, I stand by uh, my thought that, that I would be surprised if they don't add a grad transfer. Like maybe one grad transfer and then well, one, one normal transfer who has to sit one. Um, but I don't think he'll bring in five freshmen next year. And I think, which is good, again, we talked about this before, Thad Mata just got off kilter. He couldn't help it sometimes with the, with the NBA departures they had. But he'd have like a six-person class and then like a one-person class. And I just think Holtman seems committed to trying to keep balance, and I don't think that's a bad idea. We did ask for some Boise food recommendations for Landis. John Hendricks says, try Goldie's for breakfast, get there early before the Bears... Get there early before the Bears and Wolves are out. And I don't know what that means, but that to me means you have to go to Goldie's for breakfast. Like real bears and real wolves? They don't want you to eat a wolf, right? They just mean like the wolf is there like eating eggs? 
and bacon? I don't know. I'm intrigued. That's that's a way, that's a way to get a man to a restaurant. I'll tell you that much. So he's going to do that, and then Kelvin Corbin had tweeted us previously, I think, about Boise, um, anticipating that we may end up there. Landis, this is for you. The Boise Fry Company for fries and sauces, Goldie's and Joe Mama's for breakfast, Sockeye for beer and salmon fish and chips, Pad Thai House for Thai food, Yard House for happy hour appetizers, oh, and there's always chilies if you want some familiar food. That guy knows us. Yeah, I Boise Fry Company sounds like it could be in my wheelhouse. Yeah, write this down. All right, so Landis is going. Tuesday, we're going to have a bunch of Kata Bates Diop stories. Do you want to tease what you're working on for the people? Sure. So, so one is going to be um, like sort of retrospective, I think, a little bit. It's going to be, it's going to be a mix of like some things that have happened in Kata's personal life that I think have spurred him on a little bit. Um, so like more in-depth basketball things of what exactly has made him a better player this year. And then also some perspective from some guys he's played against, um, in the big 10 season on what it was like to guard him. Um, sort of like all under the umbrella of listen, Ohio state's make has made the NCAA tournament in the year. We didn't think it was possible. Um, maybe their roster is not built in a way that they can be a serious contender, but they have a bona fide NBA player on their roster, and I think anytime you have that, you have a chance. So I'm going to have a story about that paired with a comparison of – not a comparison because Kate doesn't really have any stats to compare. He's played in one tournament, but he played like a combined 14 minutes in the two games they played in three years ago. It's going to be more of a look at what Ohio State's most recent NBA-level players have done, guys who have been drafted. Um, and since 2000, that's how far back I went. But I think there's been 11 or 12 players drafted since 2000, and it's a look at what those guys did at Ohio State and NCAA tournament games and how far they carried those teams. You, you probably can think off the top of your head what they've done um, in terms of team success, but I think it's, it'd be an interesting look, too, at what their averages were, percentages and stuff like that in NCAA tournament games. And then your thing. Your, and then my thing. I, I, I have a thing about the name. Keita Bates Jop. It's really interesting. Like, it's not. I'm not trying to sell you on something. That, like the Kata, I think has. I I talked to Kata's mom for the story I'm working on. And I was like, your son has a very interesting name. And then Doug found out the story behind the name, and I think it's an interesting story. Yeah. So that will drop also probably on Tuesday. We'll have a little Kata Bates Jop Day at Cleveland.com. Last thing from Kelvin Corbin at Absolute Double Underscore Zero. There's a Buckeye club that regularly meets at Beef O'Brady with at least 30 Buckeye fans in Boise. I'm assuming. Westside Drive-In has ice cream potatoes. So, Landis, if you are not a big – there's a photo. We'll, we'll put it in the post where we have the podcast. If you're not a big baked potato fan, Landis, if you put that baked potato in a plastic bin of chocolate sauce and then fill it with vanilla ice cream and top it with whipped cream, Oreo dust, and nuts, are you in? Is that a real potato? It looks like I, it. Like it doesn't look like it's like a potato that's actually like made of cookies or something. It looks like a real potato. Yeah, if that's a real potato, I'm out. <laughs> you can't just cover everything in chocolate and assume it's going to be good. Most of the time, you'll be right, but I just can't imagine that tastes good. I feel like you're going to be busy with trying to. Uh, <laughs> with, it's like, but th- here's the thing. But you can spin it. We have now opened the door with this podcast that eating is working. That's true. So keep that in mind. When you're I didn't know Beefo Brady's is a real place. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just thought it was a random bowl sponsor for like <laughs> a year. No, it's real. It's real. Um, all right. Coverage this week. Ohio State football is off this week because Ohio State is on spring break, but we'll still have plenty of Ohio State football stories at cleveland.com slash OSU. We will have lots of basketball stories. Bill Landis will be there Thursday around 4 p.m. will be the tip-off. Well, I'll be there. I'll arrive in Boise on on Tuesday. Um, but okay. Wednesday's a big day. Like Wednesday, they will have open practice that yep. we will get to watch all of, and I think we'll even get to shoot some video of at least mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, and then they have open locker room, so there'll be some good stuff coming on on Wednesday as well when I'm there. And then if they win, it'll be playing on Saturday, probably against Gonzaga or Gonzaga, depending on whether Gonzaga or Gonzaga wins that game. Gonzaga, I call it that. Thanks to you guys for listening. Uh, this is the basketball podcast for this week. We're recording this on Sunday night. We are doing a football podcast this week. 
That football podcast will drop on Wednesday, as usual. We will record it before Landis gets on the plane to Boise, and we have a weird idea for that, and I'm actually thinking of maybe trying to get another person on the phone um, for the weird thing that we might do. Because it's I don't know what it is. Should I know what it is? You even told me what it is. It's the thing the guy tweeted at us that everybody went nuts about. I don't remember. Should I tease it here? I guess it is our podcast. If you teased it here, you would be refreshing my memory because I don't have any idea what you're talking about. So a good a listener asked us to compare fast food restaurants to like football teams and how they recruit. Oh. And and everybody went crazy with like Notre Dame would be Burger King because of this, and like Alabama would be rallies or whatever. And so I'm thinking of (laughs) calling that reader who gave us that incredible topic and spending a good chunk of the podcast with us coming up with fast food comparisons for college football recruiting styles. I'm down. Yeah. So that's actually going to require some work. You and Tim and I are going to have to sit around for a couple hours and make lists. (laughs) Wait, I thought Clemson was Hardee's. What? So it's be okay, a lot one of be Hardy's and one be Carl's Jr. Yeah, yeah. There's going to be a lot of that. So if you're not into that, then you can skip this week. Um, <laughs> he's Bill Landis. I'm Doug Lay Maurice. Follow us on Twitter at Bill Landis25 at Doug Lay Maurice. We'll take the reviews if you got them on Apple Tunes. Oh, we're oh, we going to do the weekly we do a read the five star review? review of the week. Somebody uh, really called me out in particular for. Uh, Basically, how mean I am to Tim. Really? It made me feel like a piece of garbage. Um, but I also don't know that it wasn't totally fair criticism. Um, I'll pull it up in a second. You have to fill time. Up to fill? Yeah. I did some Browns podcasts. Oh, you guys can uh, listen to them if you want. We're at 259 readings, by the way. Really? It's pretty good. Wow. We still are maintaining that five. Listen to Takes by the Lake. Get subscribed to that, by the way, if you're not subscribed to that. Um, the Browns are making moves, and I'm podcasting about that. So make sure you follow that. What's the review? Okay, so there are a couple. Oh, so one is just it says the best. I never miss an episode. Uh, let's see. One says, amazing five-star review. He says, I'll bet you my house that Bill, Doug, and Tim will have you sitting in your driveway until you finish the podcast. Ten out of ten. Recommend to anyone and everyone. And now here's the one. Ooh, this one's long. Where I cost us a star. Ah! Uh, ah! So this guy, Justin Sage, um, oh, it was a three star. I thought it was a four. He gave us a three star. The, the headline is, would have been a five star. And he gave us three instead. And he says, um, I don't know if I should read this whole thing out loud or not. This podcast is worthy of a five star rating. You guys give great analysis about Buckeye football without much bias. You write great articles unrelated to the podcast, and you guys have interesting food talk. But for some reason, when all three of you get together, Bill and Doug disagree with Tim for what at times seems like no reason. Bill is the biggest culprit, as it seems like he goes out of his way to disagree with Tim. This isn't good-natured ball-busting or playing devil's advocate. It's Tim having to defend every single answer he gives. Most of the time, it interrupts the flow of the podcast. Wow. Because I will say... We love some good-natured ball busting. Yeah, that's all it is. But I will say this. I will say this. And I think I think Tim has come along in this regard. But we do not, on this podcast, just sort of let anybody get away. And I, I think we try to hold it ourselves to it, too, Bill, you and I. And we did it with Ari when Ari was on. You can't just say something. Yeah. You got to back it up. So, you know, it's just kind of getting into that flow. you got to back it up. What do you mean, tater tots, Landis? Like if I did that. Yeah, no, I think, and, and like full disclosure, Tim is not here to talk about this because we're recording it without him, but he'll be on the football one. And we can bring it back up if we want to. Um, it was more, if I ever come off as like antagonistic, I wouldn't do it towards Doug because Doug terrifies me. But if I, I'm sure I have come off as antagonistic <laughs> towards Tim a few times, and that's not it. It's more, I think, me trying to create some interesting discussion. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm just as, as guilty of, of, as anyone of, of rambling as I am right now. Um, but it's just trying to keep it interesting and generate interesting discussion. And if that comes off as confrontational, that's not really the intent. But I also think that confrontational can be an interesting listen as well. Yeah, no, I agree with that. No, wait, wait, wait. I mean, I disagree with that. <laughs> you know what I think? This, you can really put your sociology minor to work on this, Bill. We can work this out. 
I mean, yeah. why would people want us? We could answer football questions while we're comparing recruiting classes to fast food restaurants on Wednesday, or we could just talk about our feelings. Maybe the next podcast should be a session, like a, a get your get your stuff on the table session between me and Tim that you mediate. Oh, I would like that. Or we could also we could compare our feelings to fast food restaurants. Ooh, like uh, yeah, like Canes uh, uh, is antagonism. Yeah. All right, you guys. Stick around for basketball this week. It's going to be fun. Um, and then w- when Bill gets back uh, after, I mean, they're not going to the Sweet 16. So it's not like Bill's going to be Unless going, they do. Unless they do. They're not going to go to the Sweet 16. Uh, so then we'll be back with football the following week, and we're going to, like, quarterbacks are going to talk Monday, coming up. quarterback day. So not, not this Monday, but a week from this Monday, we're going to talk to the quarterbacks. And we hope, what's the, do you think that means Tate Martell? Or do you think we just get Haskins and Burrow? No, I think we'll get them all. I think, I think the way we ambushed Tate in the locker room after the Cotton Bowl opened the door for us to talk to him moving forward. Sometimes, but you think, sometimes I wonder if the ambush closes the door. You think it actually opened it? No, because he didn't, he didn't say anything crazy. Okay. Yeah. So I think we'll talk to him. Okay. He's Bill Landis. I'm Doug Maurice. Tim Bielek will be back for the football podcast on Wednesday. We always appreciate you guys listening. We appreciate you reading us at cleveland.com. We appreciate you watching our YouTube videos on our Ohio State YouTube channel that you can get subscribed to. We have a couple basketball videos up there now. We have a bunch of football videos of Buckeyes talking and of us standing up and talking together and breaking more stuff down. Um, so there's lots of ways to absorb us, to just have us sort of get under your skin and be part of who you are and to have you sitting in your driveway. So thanks as always. He's Bill. I'm Doug. And that was Buckeye Talk. <laughs>